Hey guys, good morning to you. Are you awake? Because they got these lights real dim here today, so I know it's a sleepy kind of day, so I'm going to talk real fast and real loud to get, get you awake. Hello to our online community. I'm, if I was over there on my phone. I was saying hi to people online. I wasn't like, well, I wouldn't check sports scores anyway, because there, there are no sports, but... Um, <laughs> A lot of people I love are online, so thanks for being part of this today, and I'm ready to share God's Word with you today. Uh, you can stay seated, remain seated today. Just go to Genesis 1, and we'll get there in a few minutes. Um, there's some things that Thursday, right before our service started, God spoke some things to me that were not in the notes, but I want to share them with you because it's kind of, it's going to do two things. It's going to, one, it's going to prepare us for this sermon and, and for the title of the sermon that I'll give in a couple of minutes. But beyond that, I, I believe it's just something very specific for us in the days to come. Um, this is a time of confusion. And, and we just need to recognize that. So we could have a conversation. And I've had a lot of conversations with different ones of you. And um, the story changes. Perspective changes. Uh, opinions change. And, and we need to recognize that the enemy, the scripture says, is the author of confusion. So he's the one. That's causing confusion. So this is what I want you to expect. I want you to start expecting more clarity from the Lord. In fact, you might want to even just write that down or jot that in your notes. Expect more clarity from the Lord. Like when everyone around you is confused, like God's going to help you think more clearly. He's going to allow you to see from his word where this applies to a current situation. And so expect clarity. Don't just say, well, this is a time of confusion. So if everyone else is confused, I'm going to be confused too. Instead, expect God to speak. Expect God to reveal himself because I believe this is that not for the remnant of God, for the ones God has chosen and redeemed and have responded to God, we are not going to be in confusion. We're going to have days of clarity ahead of us. You know, in the natural and even something I sense in my spirit, I don't know this for sure. I do think we have some, some confusing months ahead of us. I think we're going to get through it. I think we're going to come out stronger. I think the Lord's going to help us. I think the church is going to rise up. I believe that the will of God is going to happen. But while more and more people get confused, don't just like fall along and just get into the stream of confusion. Start expecting the clarity of the Lord in your life. Quicker decisions more wisdom, more insight, uh, more ease about decision-making. Like we're not to be wrapped up in anxiety so that we're crippled, okay? Here's a great thing. Even if we make a mistake, I know this personally, I can testify. Even if you make a mistake, God's plan B is better than anything you could conjure up yourself anyway. So whatever bad mistake you've made or whatever misstep you've made or whatever regret you've made, that's okay. Acknowledge it and take the next step forward led by the Lord, led by the Spirit, and he is going to bring clarity to your life. So start expecting that. Also, I want you to expect this. Look for new and renewed alliances. This is something that we're starting to see that as God's connecting his people, that there are new alliances happening, and that happens a lot. You know, in every era of life, we make new friendships, and we, we have new relationships, and we make new, new connections. So that's not so surprising that in a time of trial, in a time of difficulty, uh, we're, gonna, we're going to make new connections. Maybe you're meeting neighbors for the first time. 
Uh, maybe you've discovered someone you work with is a believer and you're starting to pray with them. So there's, n- there's new alliances. But what you might not expect, and I want you to look for, is renewed alliances. Renewed alliances. Meaning this, is that people that you once walked with in the Lord, that you've been disconnected. I feel like God's bringing those relationships back together. He's bringing strength back together. He's causing people to connect who have not connected in a long time. So good always comes out of bad. Clarity comes out of confusion. So how many know that we can start expecting good things to start this week, maybe even this afternoon, that in the midst of what is bad, difficult, scary, uncertain, there's clarity, there's stability, there's growth, there's connections, there's alliances in the Lord. Amen? Amen. Do I need to preach now or is that a good word from the Lord? We got the word from the Lord now. So here's the title of my message. Hearing the voice of God in noisy times. Hearing the voice of God in noisy times. It's when we're around a lot of noise that we can't hear an individual specifically. I mean, if you're ever in this sanctuary during rehearsal, it's like, I don't know why those of us talk we like yell at each other and our, our, our tech team, I've been like saying, guys, y'all need your mask before service. Cause we're like in each other's face, face yelling at each other over the music. Once service starts, we don't really need it as much. Well, I'm not, that's not a scientific statement. I'm just, don't, don't hold me liable for that. Y'all saw me down there with my mask in case you weren't online. I had that mask on all morning, but when there's noise, we can't hear individuals very well. And so it is to reason that if we're not careful, this could be a time when the voice of God is drowned out, the voice of God is, uh, is muffled, the voice of God is just not clear. And I believe the Lord wants us to hear his voice clearly. Now, let me ask you a question, and this is not a poll necessarily. I know we have animal lovers in here. I know some of you, you love your animals. Um, do animals understand words? Okay. All right. So we got a bunch of Dr. Doolittles here. So I remember that, that Eddie Murphy movie? Now, now my mom, she's the nicest lady in the world. Um, she is like a pet whisperer. Like she believes she understands what pets are saying. And this is not like a childhood thing. Like two weeks ago, there's, my sister has this dog that's kind of, I guess, like the family dog. Daphne's her name. Remember when you used to name dogs like Rover? And Buster, now Daphne, okay, Daphne. So every, everyone seems to love this dog. And, and I, I'd care for the dog if it needed help. It's been in my home before. But I don't really want to build a relationship with Daphne. It just, just, isn't, it just doesn't interest me. Man, you guys, you guys this is a pet-loving crowd here. And I, I would care for it if it needed help. And my sister and her husband and her sons will, will likely be in the next service. And so that'll be kind of a public confession. So the other day, uh, I walk in the house and Daphne is there. And I don't really feel the need to like stop and greet her and not say hello to the people in the room. So I just kind of, you know, kind of just took my foot and just, you know, just put it. In, I'm joking. I didn't. T- I just, <laughs> I, I ignore. I just didn't really. I talked to people, not the dog. Talk to people. There were people, not the pet. And my sweet mom said, Aaron, I think Daphne's feelings are hurt. Say hello to her. 
So I guess I honored my mom, like, hey, Daphne. <laughs> so we know that with our voice, whether you believe dogs understand words, I think we can all agree with this. Uh, dogs do understand the tone of our voice, our cats. I have a cat, and they understand the tone of my voice. Uh, you know, when you're loving, when you're angry, when you're correcting them, or when you're setting boundaries, because the voice creates. Not only the words you say, but the tone you use. A voice creates something. And your voice creates something. That's why your voice is powerful. That's why your words are powerful, but not just your words, your timing of those words. Not just the timing of those words, but the tone of your, your voice. Your words have great power. Your words even have more power than your physical strength. And so words create culture. Uh, words create an atmosphere, an atmosphere of the room, the atmosphere of the vehicle, the atmosphere of the classroom, the atmosphere of the friend group. Words create an attitude, words are powerful, words spoken, spoken in time, spoken with the right tone. Here's my first observation today. God's voice creates. God's voice creates. How many are ready for some Bible now? Some of you are like, where, where is the Bible? The Bible is coming. I was just setting it up. Genesis chapter 1. Not that the Bible needs my help to be set up, but you understand, in crafting the sermon. Genesis chapter 1, starting with verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Verse 3. And I want you to see this phrase on your screen, whether you're live or online. Then God said. I want you to see the creative power of God. God said, let there be light. And there was light. It was what God spoke that created something. And so there was some more elaboration on it, but for the sake of time, we'll go to verse 6. And now a pattern starts. We won't follow the whole pattern, but you'll see the beginning of the pattern. And you can go through Genesis 1, and you can find this in your own Bible. Then God said, let there be an expanse between the waters, separating water from water. So God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above the expanse. I love this phrase. And it was so. Isn't that great? God speaks and it was so. God speaks, God creates. God spoke the world into existence. And that's a pattern as those who are created in his image that when we speak, under his leadership and under his scripture, it creates, it creates good, it creates bad, it creates opportunity, it creates dead ends. And so I, I want you to see that today, that when God is speaking, because this is not really about us today, the, the sermon is about us hearing God, how important it is that the creative work of God that started in Genesis 1 has not ended. God is still a creator, and he's creating new life in us, through us, around us, about us, and he wants us to tune our ears to hear him. And when we're in a noisy atmosphere, in a noisy place, sometimes we can tell God is speaking, and we know God is speaking, but we have not positioned ourselves to hear his voice like we should. You know, you would expect God's voice to always be loud, to always be booming. But often, God is less obvious than we want him to be. I mean, I wish God was just so, so loud sometimes in my life. So there would be no doubt. It's like I heard this audible voice, 
And I know it was God. I've, never, I've not ever heard God's audible voice. But God has spoken to me through my thoughts. That's the primary way, of course, through Scripture. I know that. But through the way my mind processes Scripture, through ideas, um, through concepts that just come to me that I just know are from the Lord, and, and that through experience I learn to hear his voice. One of the biggest uh, benefits of walking with the Lord for a long time is the more experience you get with the Lord, uh, the easier sometimes you can discern the voice of the Lord. His voice comes through the lyrics of songs that I hear or songs that I sing. His voice comes through flawed preachers like myself when I hear sermons or through my small group leader when they give me advice. His voice comes through my spouse, my wife, who, by the way, today is her birthday, so blow up her phone if you know her, man. Just blow up her phone. I want that. I want text messages just going all day long, you know, all day long. Blow up her phone. Happy birthday, Beth. She's working back in the sound booth, so happy birthday to you. I love you, honey. But God's voice really clearly comes through her. Yeah, I'm just going to say that. Very, very close to the voice of God in my life. God speaks through my children and through the perspective that they have, helping me understand greater the work of God in our world. So God's voice comes in a lot of different ways, and so we want to listen. There's something that you, you probably know about, but you may not know this term, uh, a whisper gallery. A whisper gallery is where something is built and the architecture, the curvature of the building means that you can speak into one part of a wall and someone on the other side of the room can hear you like you're standing right next to them. So I've been to a, couple, a few places that have this. Uh, St. Paul's Cathedral in London, that, they, they say that's probably the best. And years and years ago, I went to that. Um, Grand Central Station in New York, I hear that's the case there, but there were so many people there, I didn't, did not experience that. But evidently at Grand Central Station, that can happen, and there are verified stories of people on one side of Grand Central Station being able to hear conversations on the other side. But something I have experienced, and maybe you have too, if you've toured uh, the White House, excuse me, the Capitol in Washington, D.C., uh, the tour guide usually has you do that experience where in the old uh, chamber room or the old legislative room, uh, there's a place where if you whisper, you can hear someone on the other side of the room. So kind of a fun deal. Um, the, the whispering gallery takes advantage of people's position. When you're in a certain position, you can hear something you normally would not hear. Here's my second point. God's voice is often a whisper. God's voice is often a whisper. How can you hear God's voice when it's a whisper? It's when you're in the right position, when you're in the right place. When you're in the right position or the right place, you can hear the whisper of God when everyone else has drowned it out or ignored it or or may, maybe some people are even close to the source but can't hear the voice. Oh, it grieves me to know how many people have sat in this room where I'm preaching and have just tuned, tuned what the Holy Spirit was saying out the whole time. And uh, Lord, help us not to do that. Help us not to do that. And so there's a story about Elijah. Elijah had one of the most spectacular, um, really stands for God in human history, um, he stood for God on Mount Carmel and had this amazing victory. You ought to read about it sometimes in 1 Kings 
1 Kings chapter 18. Then after that, he went through a time of depression. And I've taught on that before. Often after, after great spiritual victories, we're vulnerable. And, and, and we now, when we know about that, we can receive the ministry of the Lord. So just put that little nugget of wisdom. You can see that pattern several places in Scripture. Then God said, after God ministered to him through the angels and restored him, God sent him on a 40-day walk. And on this 40-day walk, he was, he was walking to a particular place. And now we're in 1 Kings chapter 19, and we'll start. We'll pick up the narrative right here, starting with verse 11. Then he said, go out and stand on the mountain in the Lord's presence. And just let me remind you, like I often do, that term when, when the scripture capitalizes the word Lord, L-O-R-D, all caps, that's God's name, God's sacred name, Yahweh. Or, or, or we know it in, in the Latin translation as Jehovah. And so the, this is a special name, and, and we know that when we see that in scripture in all caps. He said, go into Yahweh's presence. At that moment, the Lord passed by. A great and mighty wind was tearing at the mountain and was shattering cliffs before the Lord. Man, to me, that's how the Lord would show up, right? I'm like, okay, I'm with the story here. But look what it says. But the Lord was not in the wind. Going on to verse 12. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. And after the earthquake, there, let me, I'm sorry, I got that wrong. And that, I'm back to 11. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And then, after the earthquake, there was a fire. We like to talk about fire. There was a fire. God came in the fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. (laughs) See, I told you voices create culture. I mean, that happens in preaching, too. And after the fire, there was a voice. A soft whisper. Now, I would expect God to be in the wind, the earthquake, and the fire, but the Lord was in the whisper. Verse 13 went on to say this. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Suddenly, a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Now, let's go down to verse 15. And then the Lord said to him, Yahweh said to him, go and return by the way you came to the wilderness of Damascus, backtrack, he said, those 40 miles. And when you arrive, you are to anoint Hazael as king over Aram. So here it is. This is a biblical example of what I've found in my life, that God doesn't always speak in the spectacular. He often speaks in the simple things. And we're always looking for God to reproduce either what we experience or what we read about or what we've heard about. And and we're wanting God to move in a particular way. But what happens is when we begin to idolize the way God has moved in the past, then that becomes, the method becomes what we worship, not the God of the method. So God sometimes speaks in ways you don't expect. And it might seem like a whisper to you. You wonder, where is the fire? Where is the earthquake? Where is the wind? And God says, no, I'm just going to whisper this to you. Are you humble enough to receive me in a way you didn't expect? So like right now, during this pandemic, the Lord's been speaking to me in a particular way through a particular minister that my natural mind says like, oh, 
that's kind of old school. His techniques are in the past. And the way, the way he's leading is the way it was when I was a kid. I want what's new. I want what's relevant. I want what's trendy. I want what's popular. But the Lord kept bringing me back to this unexpected source. And, and, and it's just really a weird deal, guys. I mean, I, I give this credit to the Lord, not to this person. That's why I'm not going to name them. That, like, when I, when I spend time under this man's ministry online, like, something fresh comes over me. And I'm like, God, I don't like this. I don't like the way you're speaking right now. And, and he reminded me of the story of Naaman, who the Lord wanted to heal him by dipping seven times in the Jordan River. But he's like, I'm too good for this river. This river is dirty. This river is not for me. It's unbecoming. The Lord says, no, that's the place of blessing for you. That's the place of breakthrough. That's the place of healing. And so I, I say this because some of us have been too prideful to receive what God has for us because it's not packaged the way we expected or it's not who it's, it, we've expected it from. It's not the way our mind imagined things. Can I just say, go for God, go for him. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the vessel. It matters the outcome. The outcome is his presence, his love. The outcome is passion for scripture. The outcome is more love for people. Whatever it takes, dip into that muddy, dirty river if that's what God's provided for you, and it will go good for you. When I was a kid, um, we had season passes to this uh, water park in the Dallas area, Wet and Wild, it was called. We'd go like two or three times a week. You know, either the family would go or mom would dump me and my friends off there. And dad would pick me up, that kind of thing. And, and, and this water park, I knew it. I mean, I knew everything about this water park. Do you remember those body slides? They still have them, I guess. I haven't been to a water park in like 15 years. But uh, the, these uh, body slides where you wait your turn and, and you're holding the you're sitting you're holding the, the rails and all this water is behind you getting ready to launch you onto the slide and whoever's in charge of the slide saying go and then they watch the person slide and when it's safe go 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 and and as you're waiting to get on this body slide you you, you begin to see there's a rhythm go go go. And then every once in a while, and it would happen to me a lot when it was my turn, I'd be holding the rails, all this power, all this water behind me, the operator, I couldn't see him or her. And they didn't say go when the rhythm was time to go. I'm sitting there holding on and I'm thinking, what's going on here? I can't look back because I can't see them and I can't see ahead. And I don't know what the danger is. I don't know if some goofy kid got stuck on the slide or, or if the teenagers were piling up further down or if there was something unsafe happening or if the slide fell apart and they're making sure it wasn't destroyed. I'm just holding on knowing that until I hear the word go, I can't, I can't be released. And there's all of that tension behind you and you're wondering what's happening. You know, I thought about that story because God's voice is our opportunity. And when he says go, that's my third point, by the way. When he says go, then it's time to go. And you can use that, that little story as an analogy in your life. Like everyone before you has been go, 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 go. And then all of a sudden it's your turn. 
and there's no go yet. There's no go. And you're feeling the, the pressure behind you, and you're holding on to the slide, and, and you're frustrated maybe, frustrated with the ride operator, frustrated that your turn hasn't come, a little upset you know, with the circumstances you're in, a little upset about where you're sitting. But we have to trust that the one in charge knows when our time to go is ready because it's going to keep us safe. And then here's the cool thing. All that water buildup, when the ride operator finally said go, man, I went. I mean, then you go. I mean, it's actually better than the ride usually is because all of that pressure had built up. And so we have to trust that God's voice is our opportunity. So if we don't hear God's voice, if we don't hear God's voice, then we don't go. Let me tell you something that happened to me and Beth, and I forgot to tell people this Thursday, so here's extra credit for you. Uh, about, a, about a year ago, one year ago, we had some friends tell us there's this amazing deal that you can have a vacation of a lifetime just for a few hundred dollars. It wasn't much at all. Um, in November of 2020, so still, we, we had to pay some money a year and a half ahead of time. Guess what it was? A dream European cruise. How many know that? How many know this? That in in June of 2019, that sounded really fun for November of 2020. But I don't think I'll ever get on a cruise again. If you own a cruise line, sorry about that. I'll take that back later. But I mean, so we actually put a deposit down, and we put it in the calendar, and we really didn't tell anyone. Because we were on sabbatical at the time, we didn't want to tell people, not only are we on sabbatical, we're going on a European cruise next year. So we just, it was like this private thing just between the two of us. And about September, October, when some of the, the next payment was due, Beth says, Aaron, I just don't feel good about going on that trip. I'm like, what do you mean? And, and, and we discussed it as a family, or just the two of us. And she said, I don't feel good about going. And I just don't think it's the right time. So we canceled. We got all our money back. I'm really glad right now she heard the voice of God. And so there's an example. The voice of God didn't say, unless there's something that I don't know about Beth. Beth, my dearest beloved, thou shalt not go on the cruise in 2020. But it was an uncomfortable feeling. It was a thought. It was a lack of peace. It was a a, a mild disruption. It was a whisper. It was a whisper, and I believe as she's walking with the Lord, um, her lack of enthusiasm actually was a manifestation of God's voice for that particular trip. God's voice is our opportunity. It's an opportunity, listen to these words, for direction, correction, protection, friendship, assurance. I'm going to say some of those again. Those are good words. Who would not want some of these in their life? Direction, correction, protection, friendship, assurance. All of these are available to us through the voice of God. Yet in noisy times, we don't hear his voice as we should. This is what I'm going to suggest to you guys. I believe that the slightest change in your rhythm or your lifestyle can bring the biggest benefit. I'm not really calling you today to make this dramatic change in your life unless you need to repent of sin and that, that would be a good thing to do. So, so I believe there's many of us who do need to repent and need to completely turn around. But for some of us in here, 
at least the people I can see in this room. I can't see everybody online. I'm not that holy. I'm not that good. Um, but the people I see in this room, I have some level of relationship with almost everyone here. And, and I would say you're good people. You're, you're doing what God wants you to do. You're in the flow. I mean, you're at church during a global pandemic today. You're watching church on a, during a global pandemic. I mean, you guys are good people. And so maybe the smallest change can bring a great benefit to your life. Like something like, for example, I just use some things I've done in my life is, is, is listening to more worship music on my drive uh, to work and not always just, just listening to something that doesn't feed my spirit. Not 100% of the time, but just more often than I used to. Um, I used to wake up and immediately turn on the news. And, and now I don't do that as much. I do that a couple of mornings of the week, but five mornings of the week, I, I don't do that anymore. And I go to other sources whether it's a podcast or worship music or, or something that feeds my spirit or go to silence. And, and, and then maybe 15, 20 minutes later, I, I might go back to that source. Um, of course, I don't think listening to news right now is that effective anyway. So reading news is a whole lot better. Um, but I, I'm suggesting to you a small change to bring about great benefit. Five or 10 minutes of silence in your life. Find a spot you love, whether it's walking the greenway or somewhere at your home or, or, or a place outside of where you work where you can have five minutes of solitude and something very small can bring great benefit. And what I'm saying this, this is positioning yourself to hear the voice of God in a noisy room like, like St. Paul's Cathedral or, or like... Um, are, are like Grand Central Station in New York City, are, are like a capital tour. If you're in the right position, you can hear something far away like it's right there in your ear. And I'm saying in this time of confusion, this time of chaos, if we just make the slightest change in our lives and position ourselves, you may be surprised. That clarity I talked about at the beginning of the sermon, that this is a time of more clarity. This is a time of new alliances. This is a time of renewed alliances. It all starts with hearing the voice of the Lord. That's where it starts. So I want to go to our New Testament reading today as I, I bring this sermon to an end. And, and this is a strong word for all of us. This is a strong scripture for all of us. Hebrews chapter 3, starting with verse 7, and then we'll close up. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. On the day of testing in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested me, tried me, and saw my work for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked to anger with that generation and said, they always go astray in their hearts and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my anger, they will not enter my rest. So let me just say this right quick parenthetically, verse 11. Verse 11 didn't say they're no longer my people. They said they won't enter my rest. And I just believe by the full scope of Scripture that you can be under the discipline of the Lord and even the consequences of not walking under his blessing and still be his child. I mean, this is not necessarily an issue of heaven or hell being God's chosen or not. It's, a, it's an issue of you stepping in to the perfect will of God prepared for you. And so now we go to verse 12, and here's our key verse today, verse 12. Watch out. 
Y'all see that warning in the scripture today? You see it on the screen there? Watch out. And I, I just, if you didn't hear anything I said today, let me just say this. Watch out. Like, be on the lookout. Be aware, brothers and sisters, so that there won't be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Verse 13. Here's the opposite of having a hard heart. Here's the opposite of walking away. But encourage each other daily while it is still called today so that none of you is hardened in sin's deception. For we have become participants in Christ if we hold firmly until the end the reality that we had at the start. As it said, and this is quoting a psalm, and you can find this in the psalms, in one of the psalms. Today, if you hear his voice, hear the voice of God, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. And, and this is always a time when our hearts can become hard towards the things of God. Not soft, not pliable, not receptive. These are good things to be, to be receptive and to be pliable. These are, these are the way, this is, these are descriptions of where God wants our hearts to be. But when our hearts are, are hard, that means... We don't receive the counsel of the Lord. We don't receive good advice. Um, the word of God is not appealing to us. Sermons seem irrelevant to us. Christian music is just lame. Worship is just, oh man, I, I don't want to hear worship again. It's just, I don't like all that peppy stuff. It feels so unrealistic. And, and, and I'm just giving you examples, not saying that if you've said those things, your heart is hard, but I'm giving you examples of a full scope of what happens when our hearts are hard. And the scripture today is warning us. It's warning us, don't let any of you let your hearts get hard and turn away. Instead, encourage one another. And that's why I'm encouraged that you're watching this online right now. I'm encouraged that you're at church today. I'm encouraged because our conversation, the Lord listens to our conversations. And when we encourage one another and when we spur each other on to the good things of God, then that's the opposite of our hearts being hearted hardened. Instead, our hearts are pliable and open to everything God wants. So the Lord's calling us in noisy times to hear his voice, to tune our ears to the voice of God. And this is the word of the Lord for us today. This is the word of the Lord. Would you join me in prayer? Father, you have spoken today and we have heard um, really, you spoke a long time ago through the scriptures I shared today. You spoke many, many uh, hundreds of years ago now, a couple of thousand years ago. And you spoke in the same wisdom uh, that was access to people who were following you just a few years after Jesus died is wisdom that's available to us during this unusual time in our life. So, Lord, we pray that in the middle of of this global pandemic when we're trying to protect ourselves from a virus. God, help us not to do that work, protect ourselves from the virus spread, but not protect our hearts from becoming hard. I mean, forgive me, God, for being more concerned about one than the other. I am concerned, Lord, about people's physical health. I am concerned about people's longevity of life. But God, I am concerned about my heart and the heart of my friends here in the heart of my nation, God, and the people that I love. 
And I pray, Lord, that we would hear your voice today in the circumstances we live in today with uncertainty about if, when and if and how school will start, with uncertainty about our jobs, with uncertainty about our future plans, without, with, with uncertainty about what we're going to do in the holidays. Lord, today, this day, let us hear your voice, not harden our hearts, but instead, Lord, as we spoke, as you spoke to us at the beginning of this sermon, we are expecting clarity instead of confusion. We are expecting new relationships instead of broken relationships. And Father, we are expecting new alliances. Lord, new alliances are renewed alliances, God, with people we have been broken from in the past that you're going to bring relationships back together. You're going to bring your churches back together. You're going to bring Christians back together. You're going to cause, Lord, that which was petty, that which was little, that have separated brothers and sisters in Christ. God, we come against those types of strongholds, Lord, that have set themselves up against the knowledge of God. And Lord, we say, Lord, we pray that you would renew relationships, bring people back together, bring, Lord, a, a sense of conversation and understanding, Lord, and friendship, Lord, that you would renew the love between Christians so that, Lord, that love would spread to the whole world. Lord, we believe you're going to do it. We thank you for it. We praise you for it, Lord. Praise your name, Lord. If you're here at CIL, would you just stand with me? Would you just just stand as we go to this time of of worship? And and Pastor Aubrey's going to lead us in a song and and I'm not going to give instructions. Some of you may take communion today. You may have grabbed that. I won't give instructions on that. But when your heart's ready, feel free to take that if you so choose. You may want to pray with someone uh, that you care about, that you know. If, if it's safe and you're comfortable doing that, you guys can pray together in, in, in units. Um, you may want to come to the front to pray. But just in a couple of minutes, I'll be back to give our benediction. But let's allow ourselves to respond to the word of God. Maybe you need to review your notes. Maybe you need to write something down. Maybe God's speaking something to you specifically. I don't know. Perhaps you need to clear up something between uh, a friend, a parent, a spouse, uh, someone that, that is close to you that's actually here. And this is a good time to clear that up. Let's uh, respond to the word of God with soft hearts, not hard hearts. And then I'll come give our benediction in just a couple of minutes. And if, if nothing else applies, just worship the Lord as Pastor Aubrey leads us. God bless you. I give you my life. I give you my trust. Jesus, for you are my God. For you are my God. You are not. And you are in. Jesus, oh Jesus, my heart is yours, my heart is yours, my heart is yours, take it all, take it all, take it all, my life in your hands, my heart. My heart is yours. Take it all, take it all. My life in your hands. I give you my life. I give you my love. I give you my trust, Jesus. Jesus. For you are my God, and you are enough. For you are my God. 
It was such a blessing to share Christ with you today, and so glad our kids got to connect, and Pastor Jennifer and her team was meeting with the kids today, and, and what a great step for us, and we'll continue to uh, pray for our whole world and the issues we're dealing with, and, and the Lord's going to help us. The Lord's going to help us. He, he really is, and so um, come back for Venture tonight. Make sure to register you know, we requested a $30 fee for each family, not per person, but if you have 10 kids, it's only $30. But if it's a tough time, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. We've got scholarships for you, and we want you to come at 530, pre-register at Church Center or cil.churchcenter.com. It's going to be a great three nights. It's going to be incredible. Would you receive this blessing now? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his countenance towards you and give you peace through Christ Jesus our Lord. I love you. Jesus loves you. I'll see you next.